I mean, a lot of times people are doing strategy just don't know that they're doing it, right? And also, if, you know, talking about it in the framework of strategy, you know, throws people off and just don't use that word. I think, again, a lot of times people are doing it and they're just not calling it that. And there's no need to, to use certain words if you just, you just need to get done what you need to get done. And again, strategy just helps you do that more effectively and more efficiently. Welcome to Strategy for Scientists. This is a podcast for scientists interested in learning about the fundamentals of business strategy through stories. I'm Kevin Hartman at the University of California, San Francisco, UCSF. We just heard Asha Collins describing the far-reaching importance of strategic thinking. Asha is currently Vice President at McKesson Corporation, where she leads U.S. clinical trial sourcing business. Her perspective draws from a breadth of experiences spanning management consulting, business development, and public policy. She will share with us her process of setting strategy, and what I found particularly insightful is how strategy is shaped by qualitative values as much as quantitative measurement. She also explained how to carefully handle decisions that represent a pivot or shift in the way things are being done by an organization. First, Asha spells out how anyone can apply strategy and benefit from strategic thinking. Um, I think this same type of strategy that I do in business every day can be applied to someone who's looking to um, create a body of knowledge and to establish themselves as an expert in a certain area. It's really supposed to help you align all your efforts to a single clear goal. So after you sort of say, this is what I want to do, I want to you know, define this pathway, I want to define this sort of mechanism, I want to define you know, these, I want to achieve XYZ percent growth in my business, whatever that goal is, the strategy is to make sure that everything that you're doing will help you get to that goal more quickly and as easy as possible. So strategy is setting goals and defining the pathway to get to those goals. What is Asha's process for setting and communicating goals? Clearly, I think the first thing is to make sure that I am really clear about the goal. Again, I think it's a very sort of vision down process. So making sure that a clearly articulated goal, vision, the objectives are, are clear, not just for myself, but also for my stakeholders. So that would include my leadership, people I report into, the people that they report into, but also for the people who report into me and other people who have significant roles in what I do. So the first step is really around making sure that that vision is clear. Also making sure that that vision is good. And so what that would really entail is just making sure that it aligns perhaps with broader goals that the organization has, but also that it has staying power. One, you want to make sure that your stakeholders are aligned with what you're doing. That definitely includes your customers, um, future customers, the way the market is moving. Um, so making sure that you're positioning yourself for scale, for growth, for sustainability is one of the first pieces in having a really good goal and a good vision, and then making sure that that's actually um, quantitative as well as qualitative, but making sure that you basically have sort of smart goals around them. So goals that are more important than anything that you can actually measure so that you can step back and say, okay, are we getting closer? Or are we actually further behind in terms of where we're looking to go? By SMART goals, Asha refers to the acronym S-M-A-R-T for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, relevant, and time-based. 
We delve more into the process of defining SMART goals in the accompanying Developing Strategy video lecture. In essence, they provide quantifiable ways to track your progress. So I come from a very quantitative background of bioinformatics and chemical engineering. And through all these discussions of strategy, I've envisioned lists of assets, financial models, and numerical projections. But Asha shared an interesting story where the qualitative values of a company were really what shaped the decision to keep or divest part of a business. Um, so I mentioned the quantitative piece more in a previous um, answer, but, but there's also this other part too, just about people, right? And the ability to actually implement some, a strategy successfully really um, requires not just that things make sense on paper, but that people can actually get behind it and they feel good about it, that there's a story that resonates with them. And that includes making sure that strategies align with company and people's values and how they see themselves. We were working at a, a, a biopharma organization and they were looking to actually pivot to two um, focus areas, cardio and neurodegenerative. So they were really looking to um, release from their portfolio and from their um, business infrastructure any assets and investments that didn't align to those two areas. Um, and in so doing that, we were going through the organization and basically sort of, you know, recreating the map of the organization. And there was a part of the business that um, had a very strong capability um, in the outsourcing business or industry. And that was part of our strategy to, you know, take this part of it because it didn't necessarily align to either one of those therapeutic areas. And so we presented this and there was a huge concern in the organization because it was one of those things that just in terms of the values of the company, they needed to keep that inside. They didn't want to have that outsourced because they felt like it would um, change who they were and their identity. And that was a really interesting pivot for us because it actually changed the entire business model too and sort of what things look like and made us sort of go back to the drawing board and reassess a number of things. The types of recommendations that Asha made would sometimes require big scale changes to the organizational structure of a company. Rapidly evolving business environments mean that companies have to quickly adapt, but companies are made of people who are affected by these changes. Asha explains some considerations that can help navigate the process of a pivot. So a lot of times when you're implementing a new strategy for a company, you need strong change management to help the people in the organization understand what's going on and why. So change management is really helping people move through shifts in how business is done or how things operate. Um, one thing I think helps in situations like that is, is one, just really being um, upfront and giving people as much notice as possible. Even when the decision isn't necessarily even clear, but change may be coming, trying to at least give people time to start shifting. Then when decisions are made, being really transparent about those decisions, but again, at the same time, not just you know, this decision was made, um, but also talking about why. Also thinking through, you know, how to help people perhaps, if possible, helping to give them sort of a step or a stool towards or the next step, helping them through that. No one likes being surprised generally in cases like this. Um, so no surprises, 
be transparent and be you know as open as you can about the situation um but also just i mean being compassionate and simply vocalizing that you know if someone's upset about it that you know you understand that it's upsetting or it could be upsetting to them um but again helping giving them that helping hand to go to the next step and making it really clear about why this was the best decision the implementation of a strategic change will profoundly impact the morale and long-term effectiveness of an organization. The good news is that there are well-structured methodologies for change management based on the research of behavioral and organizational science. So far, we have mostly seen how ASHA has applied strategy in a business context. But what differences were there in the public policy sector? ASHA has served as a science and technology policy fellow at both the NIH and the National Academies. I think you have to actually be a lot more nimble in policy than you even do have to be in, um, in publicly traded organizations because your stakeholder base is so absolutely broad. And so the ability to be clear on who your customer is can be actually pretty daunting. Um, so for example, when I was working at the, the National Cancer Institute, we were working on the Cancer Genome Atlas Project. We were working with public organizations. We were still working with academic universities. We were working with private industry, um, genomic sequencing companies, as well as simply just private cancer institutes. Um, and then in addition, we were also working very closely with patient advocate groups, with cancer survivor groups, and with other parts of the federal government, as well as local governments, to make sure that everyone understood and knew what was going on. And so the strategy, one, to make sure that everyone even understands what you're doing and how you're doing it and what that means to them, generally includes a lot more players that either have more articulated or more vocal stakes in what you're doing. And so the way that you approach your strategy, though, I think it's still Generally, other than facts, I think it's just more multi-layered. It's generally the same in terms of what you're looking at, what assets do you have, uh, what your timeline is, what your budget is. And then also, I think the other part of that, too, that plays a bigger role um, when you're looking at policy is, is that sort of greater good piece. And because the greater good is, is not just the board, it's not just your stock price, it's, you know, everything from single patients to, you know, groups of patients to cities, to states, to countries, you know, to regions of the world, and then really sort of globally as well, right? I think there's a lot more focus on the qualitative goal so that your strategy will then also have to align to that. So that's just another input that you think about a bit more broadly than when you're not in a policy arena. In business or public policy, Setting and implementing a strategy requires alignment across many stakeholders. Accommodating these sometimes disparate perspectives requires clear and proactive communication. We thank Asha for sharing with us how she has been able to build consensus around a strategy in a wide range of settings. Thank you for listening to Strategy for Scientists. If you're interested in learning more, Check out the online lectures co-produced by iBiology and the UCSF Office of Career and Professional Development. We would like to thank the Burroughs Welcome Fund and the NIH National Institute of General Medical Sciences, NIGMS, for grant funding. Thanks also to the PRX Podcast Garage for the studio space and helping us get started with this production. 
Tune in here for more stories about scientists using strategy.